Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July the 8th, 2011. For newcomers, you should look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and help yourself to the audios that are there for a free download. There's hundreds and hundreds to choose from and hopefully by the time you're finished, if you can manage to finish them and stay sane, uh, you'll have a bigger understanding of the system you're born into, a system that literally grabs you when you're very young indoctrinates you uh, in such a way that you're not supposed to ever really uh, take notice of what's happening around you in this great big world and uh, is to keep you dumb and stupid basically for the rest of your life. It literally is like that. Everything is done in stealth and it's done, uh, <laughs> it's incredible the big meetings you, you come across, even the internet, and just go over the, what they're talking about. Just, it's all in the open, really, if you really want to go and find it. And I hopefully by going into the site, you'll, you'll find the links and the foundations and the articles and the big think tanks that uh, I've put up there over the years that literally discuss your future without you knowing about it. And that means everything that's going to happen on every major level in your entire life because they've, they plan the future and make it happen. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so you can support me by buying the books and discs I have for sale at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order. Or you can also use uh, um, cash, send cash, or use PayPal. You'll find the donation button on the com site. Uh, followed up by an email with name, address and order and I'll get it out to you across the rest of the world. You've got Western Union, MoneyGram and PayPal again for the same thing. Remember, straight donations are certainly welcome as well. And as I said there at the start, you're surprised how much data is actually out there. So knowing where to look and uh, getting away from all the fun stuff on the Internet, that's what most folk are into it for. And the mainstream won't tell you anything about it at all. When they touch on anything tank, they generally give you a spun version, definitely a censored version, and they don't tell you what things are really, really uh, about at all. And that's their job, because the media <laughs> doesn't have any obligation to tell you the truth on anything. They're private businesses. And the high court in the U.S. actually had a case from journalists, uh, from I think it was uh, Fox, that gave them a contract. They weren't allowed to print their whole story. And because it mentioned Monsanto and um, was a big sponsor, of course, too. And uh, they took it all the way to the Supreme Court. And the judge says, well, the news has no obligation to tell the truth. And most folk are kind of stunned by that. They, they, they have begun to believe and they have believed that the media is an appendage to their brain that does their reasoning for them. And unfortunately, that is so now. They've all been trained that way. Why would they lie to you, right? Why would any, why would even Mr. Mansbridge in Canada lie to you? He's been there your whole life long. And he tells you the truth, right? But that's, that's the way it is. We're so easily uh, taken care of because these sciences uh, existed long before you were born. They've been around for an awful long time. And the whole thing is to be based on trust, basically. We're taught to trust 
the people and governments that shaft us over and over again. And that's why people keep voting for, uh, in desperation that eventually they'll somehow, some strange how, they'll get some party in that'll actually be good to them and do what you'd think they're there for instead of uh, uh, kowtowing to the corporations, taking their bribes, and then joining the corporations once they're out of politics. So uh, that's the way it really is. Democracy is a front. Uh, Bernays said that too. It says it's a farce. And it says it's all basically... Basically, the sciences to control the mind were developed early on, even in his time, early 20th century. And, and this is, these guys, these scientists were for hire to the highest bidder in politics to control the public's mind. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And remember too, those in England, you've got the Chemtrail Rally on the 9th of July in Duxford, Cambridgeshire. And uh, hopefully a lot of people will turn up to that because it's only way you can get through to people and get them to look up and explain what the earth they're actually looking at, which isn't blue sky, that's for sure. It's all this incredible spring that's been going on for years now. And it's to do with heart modification. It's also to do with weather manipulation. And it's also to do, I'm sure, with all the, the side effects it has on our health because lots of folk are sick with this now. And I noticed the other day, too, that NOAA, the National Oceanographic uh, and Atmospheric Research Bunch, um, have given a new normal, apparently, for the weather. They actually said that. It's a new normal. And so they've come up with a whole new normal of uh, weather and, and temperatures and all the rest of it and actually called it a new normal. Well, I'm not surprised because they know what's going on. They said, oh, the, con- the planet's continuing to heat up, even though all the data from all the other associations says it's not. But I guess with the, with the new normal one, when they're updated through a special computer, it'll probably show it's warming. But it says it's not warming everywhere across the countries, only in certain places, and uh, mainly at night too. That's when the, the spray is so heavy, of course, it kind of traps the, the heat in. But anyway, that's the, the Disneyland we're living in today. High sciences are so far ahead of anything you can imagine. And you, you're, none of you live in a democracy where the representatives are supposed to be responsible to you. None of us do. This is a world agenda, a world course. And every politician across the, the entire planet has been picked and selected by one small organized, well, one large organization really now, uh, to be who they are. They're prime ministers and presidents. It's been that for a long time. And they're on board with bringing in this uh, tyrannical, uh, totalitarian uh, new world order they talk about because, you see, in a, uh, to be totally tyrannical and safe at the top, you m- then everyone else must be totally predictable. That's all your data, all of the time, where you are at any particular time they want to find out, they can find out instantly, and then they breathe a sigh of relief, and that's how it's really done. This is this is the worst tyranny of all. This is what um, uh, people talked about back in the 50s in think tanks. It had a lot to do with the society today. They planned it, the parts that you're going through now, the destruction of the family, the massive promiscuity they promote. Some of them are British lords, like Lord Bertrand Russell. He talked about this too. Uh, the Huxleys, Julian Huxley of UNESCO, the United Nations, 
Uh, they talked about the whole scenario we're going through right now, uh, right down to the massive promiscuity that be promoted and in your face to everyone via entertainment. Uh, as long as they didn't have children, that was the main thing. It would be fine. But it would destroy the, the, what's left of the family unit. And then government could literally talk down to each individual with no one to stand around and stand up for them. That's been awfully su- successful to date. But the spraying is, is, is so bad, and uh, I get so sick walk, walking out there on a sunny morning, and then you see all the, the trails above you, and your heart sinks again. And sure enough, by noon, it's covered in this grey eggshell mush uh, across. And, and you actually see them still at it, too. Not even when rain clouds break up and start breaking up, you'll see the trails right above them and meshing all across the sky. Now, I'm not in uh, the flight line uh, path of uh, any major uh, air route, so, so it's no difference where I am. It's just the same thing here too. Now, as I say, at least these chemtrail rallies are trying to promote um, awareness. It's not a, difficult, a hard thing to do. I mean, an easy thing to do, I should say, because people that are conditioned, they expect the media to tell them. They really count on the media to tell them what's wrong, what to think about, what to worry about, what to be happy about, and... The social indoctrination has been so good. That's what Lord Bertrand Russell said. He, he said that um, that eventually people, and Brzezinski said the same thing, but eventually people will come to expect the media to do the reasoning for them, and they actually do. the perpetual children, you see. And Russell did say that if there's going to be a, a tyranny, like a, 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 a tyranny of, of masters, he says, I prefer it be a tyranny of the scientists, and that's what you're in today. That was the agenda. And he belonged to every international think tank there was to, to bring this all into being. And I got to laugh too. I've, I've mentioned so many times uh, of how in your life, if you live long enough, you'll see this con game going on across the world where governments use a taxpayer and they get them all excited about getting either a gas supply or uh, their own water supplies um, electricity supplies, and you fund all these big projects. Same with roads too. It's all from the, the public purse, meaning your tax money. And they say it's yours. It belongs to either a region or, or, or a, a province or a state or the feds or whoever, but it's the people's, you see. And once it's served its purpose for long enough and they've soaked you, uh, then they, they sell it off for peanuts. That's standard all through, all across the whole planet, this con game that goes on. It saves the guys getting the startup money, the private companies, to start it up on their own. It's a lot of cash. But through the deals and the wheeling and dealing and the big agenda and the right clubs, of course, where the politicians and these uh, these, these um, businesses attend, uh, they make the little deals. And here's one here, too. It says, Ottawa, the Conservative government has sold its can-do nu- nuclear reactor business. This is one of the one biggest ones on the planet. The can-do nuclear reactor business to Montreal-based SNC Lavalin for a paltry $15 million. Can-do has built them all over the planet. This is effectively writing off tens of billions of dollars Canadians have invested in the Crown Corporation over the past 60 years. That watch well, is pretty standard, isn't it? Hey? Writing off tens of billions of dollars. And they get it for 15 mil. And by the way, but they still, once they take over, the, the, the Canadian taxpayer still has to pay for the cleanup and all the rest of it and a lot of the, the maintenance of it as well. How beautiful deals, eh? Beautiful deals. Anyway, that's pretty standard across the world, as I say. 
And isn't it amazing, too, you can look anywhere in a news article without energy suddenly going up across the world at the same time. That's gas, water, even water, and uh, uh, electricity. Everything's going up at the same time. Because it's the agenda, isn't it? Uh, in this time of austerity as well. And it says millions face uh, energy price hikes from the Press Association. Um, millions of households will see their utility bills break the uh, the hundred the British version here, £100 a month barrier after British Gas announced price hikes of up to 24%. It says some 9 million customers will be hit when the supplier raises gas and electricity prices by an average of 18% and 16% respectively from August the 18th. And in Canada, of course, we know too uh, that uh, places like Ontario and this uh, company that took over again uh, when they privatized or electric company that was ours too, of course, uh, and they got it for peanuts as well, uh, said that they only raise the, the rates uh, 8% per year for the next five years. It's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful being a little peon at the bottom. And then you look at the the, the smart meters. I don't want to talk about the smart meters too. There's a couple of sites that are complaining about the smart meters. They're trying to get everyone to sign on to this petition. One is the U.S. and Canada. One is Canada only. I'll put them both up because there's a lot of stuff about the smart meter you, you really have to find out about. It's not what you think and never has been, but what you think it is. It's nothing to do with helping you or train you like a little Pavlov's dog to watch your electric supply. It's a spy. That's its prime purpose. It's a spy on you. It's part of Homeland Security, folks. And I'll put a video up uh, tonight as well at cuttingthroughmatrix.com and you can link to it and see this for yourself. It's a very short one, but uh, it's very well done. And this guy says it like it is. It's actually a spy. It's a spy. It's got so much potential to know what's going on in your house at all times through different means and uh, to see what you're using, how long you're using it for. The cops have already uh, raided homes that they, where they suspect there's maybe marijuana growing, you know, and uh, they've also, or, or having a small business, a quiet little business on the go, and it's already getting used for things like that. But it's, it's got a lot more potential than that as well. It can actually, I know for a fact, they can actually use the Israeli method of bouncing radio waves around inside the house and actually, they, get it, they can put it up on a screen as to where you actually are, what you're doing, you're walking around, are you dressed, undressed, whatever. It has that in it too. It's a complete spy, and that's the purpose of this so-called smart meter as part of Homeland Security. And you should get rid of them if you have them. It's got Wi-Fi using the microwave frequency as well. Lots of folk don't like it. They get sick. And these characters gave nobody a choice. They just stuck them in. And uh, as time we unstuck them and got them back to where they were, or simply go off the grid altogether, get yourself a little generator or something. But this is disgusting, the way the public are being treated today, and it's only because they allow themselves to be treated this way. The problem out there, as I've always said, there's a mass of the public that's called the quiet majority, and then there's the elite, you see, and they form a symbiosis. The elites need the mass, the silent majority, so they can always say to the ones who are not in the silent majority, well, they've all accepted it, what's your problem? That's what they mean by democracy, you see. And the mob needs the elite to tell them what to do. And they, they like Big Brother, they like to be told what to do, and they like the reassuring words, we're keeping you safe, you know, as you've got machine guns pointed all over the place. That's keeping you awfully safe. 
and cheating like, like a cow going through uh, a fence or something or, or going down the little pathway and get branded. I mean, that's, that's a lot of people out there and lots of people will love socialism and Big Brother. I've said that for years. I've also, I might even put up that site again tonight. I read it a few weeks ago to do with all the quotes from the bigwigs themselves at the various climate change uh, conferences, all the big foundation characters who say they give out scary scenarios always at this time of year before their big meetings of impending doom and gloom if we don't give up all our rights and start fighting uh, global warming, climate change, and so on and so on. I'll put that one up again because they do this, and you have them admitting themselves. It doesn't matter if it's true or false as, as long as we can you know, make a more equal society across the world. doesn't matter if they terrify us. That's okay. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix and talking about how they hype up uh, at every, so often for these big global meetings as they ask for more cash for their climate change nonsense, uh, they always put scary scenarios. And that's what they actually admit themselves. And I'll put that side up where you can see the different characters and what they say. And actually, we give them scary scenarios. It's the only way they listen to us. Well, here's an article here. Australian children are living in a climate of fear. It says, uh, it says uh, scaring the children. Uh, can, uh, Shannon Colby... Vanessa Peterson, Tracy Kaipiros, etc. There's a whole bunch of them there. These school children are all terrified. These primary school children are being terrified by lessons claiming climate change will bring death, injury and destruction to the world unless they take action. On the eve of Prime Minister Julia Gillard's carbon tax package announcement, can you believe the carbon tax? I mean, have you ever seen a, a package of carbon? <laughs> Psychologists and scientists said that lessons were alarmist, created unneeded anxiety among school children, and endangered their mental health. Climate change as a doomsday scenario is being taught in classrooms across Australia and Canada and everywhere else around the planet, actually. Resource material produced by the Glard government for primary school teachers and students states climate change would co- will cause devastating disasters. As well as their ter- it's amazing, you're all down through the ages when a comet was coming along. You know, some fortune teller would tell the king, oh, there's a comet, oh, made a portents of doom and gloom. Uh, and then he attacks the people to save them and they, they all give their cash up. And then, of course, the thing would pass by anyway. But nothing really changes. Only now it's science. It's, it's not occult forces out there now. It's science. You know, it's, science is the big guy, the god. That's a new god, you see, science. Says, as well as their terrible impact on people, animal, and ecosystems, they cause billions of dollars worth of damage to homes and other buildings and materials, says. Australian National University's Centre for Public Awareness of Science Director, Dr. Sue Stockelmeyer, said climate change has been portrayed as doomsday scenarios with no way out. And you can read this for yourself. I'll put it up on cuttingthroughmaze.com. But I also want to go in tonight, just before I take the callers, and touch on something which is really interesting. Because um, one of them is to do with the police. And it's, it's an article that says, um, why did the police basically uh, look like the military? Why do police have tanks? The strange and dangerous militarization of the U.S. police force has been going on for 30 years. Exactly as I said last night, 
because they knew a long time ago they're going to bring this phase in today, unemployment. They knew they were going to sign all the factories over to China and actually pay for them to move. And there'd be massive unemployment, then you go into austerity. That was planned long before you were born. But they also planned to take over the slack of the casualties of the unemployed scenarios and, and peoples and nations who would get rather upset, especially when they're told now uh, they're going to be meatless and everything else too. You can't get meat shortly. That's the way they're going to go. And you won't be very happy. Your backs will be to the wall. So what do they do? They create a massive army and still call them the police force. They both look the same now. One's got a black outfit and their boots and their machine guns and their armor on, and the other ones generally got greener camo. So if you can't see that there's one and the same thing, then tough luck. I don't hold much promise out for you. But I also want to touch on this one here. I'm going to put two, two links up tonight. It's awfully important to show you how Homeland Security is a worldwide organization. And it's... Uh, one of them is called HIDE. It's called, it says Homeland Security Biometric Identification and Personal Detection Ethics. This is an amazing site. It shows you all where your cash is going, where your cash is going into for all these research and development private companies. But literally, it's, it's got 4D videos and spatio-temporal modeling of real-world events from video streams. This is for street activity and so on. Unobtrusive authentication use activity related to soft biometrics. There are all kinds of biometrics in here. Uh, all the, the, the ones to do with a gesture, uh, gesticulations uh, in, in the crowds. They pick you out and then they'll go for you and come and get you, etc. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Analyzing social interactions at a distance. I mean, it, you're getting analyzed all the time in this system. And it's a massive amount of articles in here with all the links to them. Uh, autonomous production for images based on distributed sensing, distributed sensing, and um, the ethics of information warfare, risks, rights, and responsibilities. Ethic, see, you can go uh, all the, the biometrics in there, and even genome projects come into it too, because somehow or other they're going to sense your, your damn genes as well, as they can see you in a crowd. It's, what? This is how far ahead they actually are. So I'll put this up tonight, Homeland Security, Biometric Identification, and Personal Detection Ethics. They've got meetings worldwide going on all the time. Astonishing. And another one that goes along with it, too, and um, is to do with uh, their databases. Homeland Security, Biometric Identification, and Personal Detection Ethics. It's got all their, their databases, too, with all the organizations work. Even Accelerate Trust in Digital Life Organization. And it's also accelerating trust in people. Get the, get the schmucks that are going to get watched to, to be happy getting watched. Using psychology and neuro, neuroethicists, etc. A fantastic, fantastic, amazing amount of stuff is in here. But uh, do you want to live in this kind of world? You understand this is a must-be. There's going to be no arguing with these boys. I mean, it's already implemented. And they did it all by stealth and lies. And uh, there's no way they're going to change their minds. I can't see any politician coming up in the future and, and saying, uh, I'm, I'm going to abolish all this. I, I cannot see. It will not happen. So now we're left with the problems what to do about it. Because we're paying for our own chains. And manacles and sensors, all the clothing sensors and everything. Back with more after this break.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. Last week I touched on the, the suicide rates in the U.S. soaring and how it's a bonanza for the body parts industry, you know, the parasites that come along and meet you. Well, why not? We're, we're just meat, you see. We're cattle. And right after we're, death, we're dead, we can still make up a big profit for somebody too. And when you're in a hospital today, you don't know if the surgeon's looking at sizing you up to see how much money's going to make off you or is he going to save your life, you know. And it depends which way the balance goes. More money to, to let you die and just chop you up and sell off bits and pieces across the planet. I'm not kidding you. This, you know, this is what we're, 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 I'm saying things like this, but it's like something of a sci-fi, but the sci-fi time is here. It's already here. It's been here for a while. And uh, so the suicide rates up in the U.S. naturally because they see all the work's been taken out of the country. And here's one in the Europe: uh, economic slump linked with soaring suicide rates in Europe. As well detailed, it's even in the Lancet Journal for the medical establishment too. And uh, it just proves what we always know: it goes sky high when folk are living in a nihilistic system where they see no future whatsoever. But uh, they just keep reiterating the studies over and over again because, you see, we're the most studied species on the whole planet. Forget all this nature stuff and how does this ant work and all that stuff. No, we are the most studied species on the planet. We always have been. Now, I'll go to the callers now, and there's Justin in Florida. Hey there, Justin. Hello? Hey there. Hello? Yes, is that Justin? Yes, I am here. Yep. How you doing, Alan? I, uh, I am a recently awake person. I've only been truly awake for, I'd say, about a month now. And um, I called in about a week ago, and I was asking you about, you know, the Masons and Solomon's Temple, and you mentioned the chessboard, how there's the white, you know, yeah. the white squares and the black squares. Mm-hmm. And I got to thinking about that, and I just wanted to run this observation by you, you know, and you see how straight or crooked my thinking really is. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have a chessboard. And, like, I mean, it just relates to the whole, you know, I mean, like the system that we live in, because you have the chessboard, you have the white spaces and the black spaces, white being the good, you know, good decisions that you make, you know, and the black being, you know, yeah. the bad or the evil. And then you have, like, the pawns yeah. and the board, and the pawns are just the regular people, just you and me. That's the general public. The pawns are the general public, yeah. Yes, and then, like, above them you have the king and queen, and they're the government, and you have the bishops, which is the church, and then you have the knights, which are the military, mm-hmm. and then you have the rooks, which, you know, are, like, the fortified castles, like the White House or the Pentagon, stuff like that. Yep. And then behind them you have the you have the player who moves the pieces. Yeah. And the player who moves the pieces is the elite. It's the unseen hand, the people behind the curtains mm-hmm. who move around the pieces. And then, you know, I mean, like you have one side against another, you have one country, you know, that's one side of the chessboard or a nation or whatever. And you have another one at the end, and you have another unseen hand over there, and it's moving those pieces. And at the end, a lot of people die, and a lot of buildings get destroyed, except the two people playing the game are unaffected, and they walk away shaking hands. Yeah, what they actually do, um, literally, in strategy, is warfare strategy, too is uh, the, the main players will plan every move before they, they touch any piece at all. They plan every move in advance, 
and the, before they even t- even the responses, the, the main thing is the responses uh, to each move. What will that response to, to this move be if I move now? And that's how they plan society. If we do this to the public, how will they respond? And they break it down into categories because they have all the types that we are. We join groups and so on. This group will come up with this plan. They'll, they'll retaliate. This group is more moderate. They can be easily managed, etc., etc. Then they put their front men out, out there. Uh, when they do move, move the peace, they put their own front men out to lead the different groups. And they lead them in circles. And that's why we never get anything done. This is an old strategy, very old strategy. Yeah. It's yeah. really brilliant when you think about it. Like, I mean, like, I wish that we would mobilize ourselves in a way like to counteract them. But, um, yeah, like, another thing I wanted to run by you is um, I have a theory. I don't know how uh, sound it is, but here it goes. I, okay, I'm the only person in my family who's awake. And I try to talk to my parents. I try to talk to my brothers, my sisters, and my aunts and uncles. And absolutely everybody in my family thinks I'm nuts. Yeah. And I know I'm not nuts. Like, I know that... I know the truth, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying, you know, just to talk to them about it. I mean, not really, like, convert them or, you know. But I'm also the only person in my family who has, uh, like, um, I have type 1 diabetes. And I'm the only member of my family who has that. And I was wondering, like, you know, everyone in my family has their inoculations. Everybody has their immunizations, their updated shots. You know, I mean, I wouldn't. And... And I was just wondering if maybe, like, my inoculation, you know, went to my pancreas and messed up my auto, you know, um, mm-hmm. and messed up my immune system instead of going to my brain and making me accept all of their crazy ideas. Am I, yeah, spot, it's, it's am I on at all, or is that kind of... Mm-hmm. It's very possible. I mean, they, they have found uh, that the, the human... The actually, laboratory-made viruses from the vaccines, you can identify even what labs they come from. They patent them, you see. And uh, and they found the viruses in the gut of people, and sure enough, in the pancreas, some of them end up being diabetic, uh, instead of it going to all the way to the brain and causing the usual uh, fever that the doctor is told is quite normal. Yeah, you're going to have a fever in the brain for the child. Don't worry. Well, when you get a fever and you get inflammation of the brain, you see cells die. Yeah. <laughs> That's normal in any inflammation, uh, and you should, your, your baby should not be having that inflammation in his brain. Nothing normal about it. But that's how he, they've trained all the doctors the same way. They've been through the same machine, the same sausage machine, and all they can do is spew out the same sausage to the public. But uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, uh, autism at one time was extremely rare. I think it was one in 140 odd thousand. Uh, uh, and then around the 60s, suddenly this new type came in, speeding up into the 70s, uh, with with more and more inoculations given to even younger and younger babies. Uh, until it's, it's so darn common now, it's, it's just pretty well normal to have umpteen different children in the street. Uh, it's got a degree of autism in one form or another, from from the very severe autism to the attention deficit. These are all variations of the same problem. So it's now a new normal, and nobody's mystified by it. No one's saying, oh, my goodness, what's going on? No, no, this is the agenda. And again, remember Bertrand Russell said by ways of uh, their food, uh, their water, and by the use of the needle, the needle, and he was all the top think tanks uh, is discussing all this stuff, we, sh- we shall get the perfect society to control. So it's all been done, basically. Yeah, yeah. wow. That's the reality. It's, it's not a pleasant... This is hell. But we're in hell, as far as I'm concerned. This is hell right here. Yeah, we really are. Right yeah. And, yeah. you know, and when you wake up and you realize it, and it's just... I mean, it's 
it's mind-blowing, except at the same time, you know, I mean, like, you're free. Mm-hmm. Because you know the truth. Yep. And uh, the one I want to before I go is that there's actually a movie called, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Repo Man or Repo or something like that. Yeah. And it's actually yeah. about, you know, I mean, like mm-hmm. an agency that takes people's organs. That's right. If you haven't paid your, your, your payments up because you kind of rent them, uh, then they come and get them back off you again. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, like, I remember seeing the trailer when I was still asleep. I thought, oh, you know, that's kind of a strange movie. Now that you mentioned that, you know, yeah. earlier in your talk, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's more horrific things going on here than you ever imagine. You ever imagine. It's the same when, you're, when your insurance runs out in the U.S. and, and it doesn't matter what's wrong with you. They're, they're all calling you by their first name until the last penny is withdrawn from your from your insurance and then you're kicked on the street. <laughs> you know, that's it. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone aspires to be doctors. When <laughs> that's the real system that you're living in. It's, it's, uh, it's hell, yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for taking my call. Thanks, Thanks for, for calling. calling. And... and uh, uh, it was John from New York City is back again, I think. John, are you there? Hello. Hello, yes. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I'm on the air. Hi, Alan. I would yes. first like to say that I went on your website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com, mm-hmm. and I love your guitar music. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also, I would like to talk about this thing that happened to me when I was I can't remember the age well. I could just remember that I was under 15 because all throughout high school and junior high school, I didn't remember this thing until I heard about certain things on radio shows and YouTube or whatnot. So I was about 10 or 12 around that age, and I look into the mirror and I look at my eyes, and my pupils are vertical like a snake. Mm-hmm. And I'm warm-blooded, and my eyes look like if it was a cold-blooded animal. So I'm just in this quest until the day that I drop dead is, what does that mean? Because I just, I'm not the smartest person in the world. Mm-hmm. I at least know 1% that that's not human. Mm-hmm. But this only happened once though, right? Yes, it just happened one time. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you get odd things happening in life. Very odd things happening. I've had strange things happen in life. And when I can't uh, get an answer to it, I'll put it in a, in a box with a question mark and leave it there. Most folk jump and try to get an excuse for it or try to rationalize it. Or whatever's popular, they try to jump in. But I'll tell oh, you, a lot. I'll, t- I'll tell you what's odd though, is there's so, what I've, I've studied into in my lifetime, there have been so many tests done on unsuspecting members of the public. I mean, multi-thousands of them. Still going on, by the way. Using advanced technologies. They can literally give you odd, weird experiences. I could, I've got lots of people who are quite rational and sane too, uh, who've had them as well, different ones. Uh, when you went to the, for instance, the CIA and the fact that they hired multi-thousands of, of, of uh, prostitutes through the, the 50s and 60s and the 70s to bring home Johns and give them different combinations of drugs, all filmed for the CIA. Why would they even need so many? Never mind why are they doing it in the first place? You understand? 
Um, and then they have um, Nick Begich comes out, of course, talking about uh, uh, the machines that the CIA had back in the 1950s that they could point at a person and it would, it would actually work in the auditory nerves of the brain and you would hear a, a, a music or a voice in the middle of your skull. Now, just the same thing, they can also uh, go into the, to, to, to the visual cortex, the visual cortex, and, and give you something happening there too. You'll never know if you've been chosen as for a part of an experiment, and they want normal people, just, just average people uh, that they, they pick on to see what your response is to will be, you know. And, and also, Alan, I, throughout my young life, because I'm just 20 years old, I'm... I've experienced things, for example, I'm just in my room, for, for example, I'm reading a book, for example, just a book on Bushido, because I love to read about just lectures and principles and things like that, mm-hmm. and I'm just reading a book, and the light switch in my light in, in my room just clicks off, just click mm-hmm. like as if someone physically clicked it off. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. this other time, I was in my room, and I've spoken, I met a, because a, a, I'm a DJ, I'm also a musician, mm-hmm. I, I'm a turntablist. I met this girl and she said, oh, you should meet my mom, she's a healer. And I, and I, I asked her a couple of questions about this thing. I was in my room and a ball of light came into my room. And this was when I was trying to fall asleep. There were no lights and the ball of light wasn't luminous, it didn't light up the room, it was just plain white, mm-hmm. like some kind of matte color, just plain white. And yeah. it disappeared for five, for five, six, seven seconds, and disappeared. Mm-hmm. And this healer, she said that there are these things called orbs. That uh, that's a popular, it's a popular thing, but he, I, I just to mention what, where they come from, if you look at uh, Bill Cooper's video. Oh, Bill Cooper! Yeah, oh, go I'm to, getting go, excited. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, go to Bill Cooper's video. He went, he took, he used to take parties down to Area 51. And when he, he talks to the, the woman and the man who owned the inn there, it's called the Little Alien. And they said that all, all the high tech stuff for the military, the hush hush stuff, the very advanced stuff is tested down there. They said that, that that's when it all started, this ball of light stuff. And it says a ball of light came through their steel door. They were sitting at the bar when everyone had gone to bed. And it, it seemed to be intelligent. It, like it was looking around in a sense. It came near them, went away, uh, and so on. And, and that's when it started. Now they, they do have technologies. Yeah, they do have technologies today. And you will find, you will find behind most things that happen today, uh, that there are really advanced technologies which they, they haven't disclosed to the public. They're, they're maybe a hundred, two hundred years ahead of what the public get told. Alan, I'm I'm just at the end of of the book of William Cooper's book, Behold the Pale Horse. I'm yeah. just at the end. Uh-huh. And the stuff about the UFOs just captivates me mm-hmm. because since I was little, I would just always fantasize about space and just ponder into looking at pictures of nebulas. Mm-hmm. And I had a dream that I was in my room. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, I'll, ha- I'll, have to, I'll have to go now and try to get two more people in though, John. But uh, oh, okay. as I say, don't don't worry about these things. You generally find, as I say, it's very high sciences that are on the go, and lots of people have been tested unknowingly with a lot of this kind of stuff. But th- thanks for calling. Now that there's um, Adam from Scotland hanging on 
long distance or try and get Adam. Hi. Yeah. Hello. Hi, Alan. Thanks for taking my call. That's no problem. Um, I've, I've got a comment on a question, actually, if that's okay. Um, yeah. A comment is it's one of the ones you, you certainly know about. You've been talking about it for a long time. It's to do with the control of history. Yeah. Uh, and I've got, obviously, I was in school, uh, secondary school, studying higher history about, about 10, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is how I, basically how I started thinking there was something wrong with the world. It's to do with uh, the Second World War we were taught on. Yeah. Uh, we obviously taught the, the normal textbook nonsense we were taught, uh, believe this or you fail, basically. Um, and I had a question at one point to do with it. It was to do with the, how did Hitler manage to get to that stage? Yes. Uh-huh. I was obviously told that Germany were in dire straits at a point, and then suddenly a man, an Austrian man, came up and did run the show for Germany, and then mm-hmm. supposedly Germany were the, obviously the, probably the second biggest power in the world at that point, just behind America. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always ask my, my history students, how did, that, how did that actually happen? How did uh, Adolf Hitler get to that stage? Know that every, I asked, actually asked three history teachers, and every single one of them said that was not relevant. I, I know, it's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, m- millions of people die because of this. Uh, the, the war industry gets awfully rich, but, they, but they, it's irrelevant as to how a guy could walk in and in a few short years have built a, a country in the middle of depression uh, into, into the most powerful army in the world, yeah. Absolutely. I said that. I said, obviously, we know what happened in the Second World War. It was an absolute disaster. That was my naive, naivety at that point. I thought, right. Yeah. Well, I hold on and I'll go, we'll go into that when I come back. <laughs> That's quite interesting. Folks, we're back and we're cutting through the matrix, talking to Adam from Scotland about how did Hitler get to where he was so darn quickly from a country that literally was so heavily penalised by the League of Nations and the Treaty of Versailles that uh, they were dead broke and whatever they did earn was taken off and to, for reparations to pay to every other country that had fought against them in World War One. And uh, I think Anthony Sutton probably is the best historian who goes over this and. Uh, uh, he was a professor of history, and um, he, he he wrote about Wall Street and the rise of Hitler. He was the first guy to go into it this seriously and get all the connections. All the big American banks uh, were, were for Hitler. They were funding him, uh, just as they'd fund, funded the, the Bolsheviks for the communist revolution in Russia, same banks. And uh, some of them eventually were charged with trading with the enemy and giving a slap on the wrist. George Bush's, uh, I think it was his grandpa, I was involved in that with the Harriman Brown Bank as well of New York. But yeah, all the big bankers were involved and so was, it, it came out during the trials that they tried to hush up, uh, at Nuremberg too, because all these big banks, uh, all the big uh, international corporations that we know so well today, same ones on the go, uh, ITT and all the rest of them, uh, they formed a, an umbrella corporation in Germany, IG Farben they called it, and uh, that created Hitler's war machine in a very short space of time by the massive um, money they poured in and experts and scientists they brought over. That came out as a great book. It's called The Crimes and Punishment of I.G. Farben. 
uh, IG Farben even, uh, all the companies from, from the US, Britain and elsewhere sent lawyers over to Nuremberg to try and get the guys off with it before they said too much to, to, about what the, their involvement was with Hitler. And they did bribe their way through a lot of it, mind you, and, and get a lot of them off. But um, some of them did go to prison. But uh, another one was too, was a, a banker, Sach, the Schach family, uh, who was related to FDR. <laughs> so uh, it, it's just astonishing uh, how they're all, all the same characters we know so well today that are bringing in this totalitarian system of international corporations uh, and banks are the same ones who, that set up Hitler and they also set up the Bolshevik revolution and funded them into existence and put their factories in Russia afterwards as well, just as it did in Germany. I mean, IT&T, I think they were making the Focke-Wulf fighter aircraft for Germany. GM was in there, General Motors, Ford. So it's all the same boys again. And all the big chemical companies were involved. There's well DuPont, all the rest of them. So they're all on the go today. They're bringing in their, their third version, I guess, of totalitarianism. This is the world order. And they learned a lot from, from uh, the Bolshevik or communist one and the Nazi system as well, you know. And now they're doing it perfectly well now, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just thought you were saying that, but obviously you were still on the Prescott Bush. He was actually officially done under trading with the Enemies Act. That's right. Uh, obviously funneling uh, funds to the Nazi party via the Union Banking Corporation. He was actually done with this. This is not a conspiracy. Yeah, but it was a slap on the wrist, as they always do. And uh, uh, But yeah, everybody, anybody who was anybody as a corporation was heavily involved. Remember, Hitler, too, was Time Life Man of the Year in the 1930s, twice. As the most, most guy who's going to succeed the most in, in the future, that's what they said. So, so he's Time Life. Everybody loved him initially, and they funded them to the hilts. But all the big corporations are in. See that book, uh, Crimes and Punishment of I.G. Farben, must read. Uh, that'll tell you all the corporations involved, the names of the people involved. And then, of course, um, uh, Sutton's book as well, uh, the, uh, the, uh, Wall Street and the Rise of Hitler. This is a must read. But thanks for calling. Uh, and maybe Rita can call again next time. From Hamish myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.